Hey, parents. Tim Wright here, back along with Dr. Michael Gurian and Dr. Warren Farrell. Today, our special guest for part two, we're going to pick up a conversation we started last week uh, on the boy crisis. We, we had a cliffhanger in our last podcast, by the way. We left a question hanging, and uh, we're going to pick up on that and some other things. Uh, I do want to say uh, a, a special thanks again to Dr. Greg Jantz and his team up in Seattle, the Center of Place of Hope, for being one of our sponsors. Uh, and Michael, I know that uh, you want to give a shout out to our other sponsor and also mention a special event coming up here featuring you and Warren. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Warren and I and Marion Hill and others will be speaking at the Helping Voice Thrive Summit that's virtual. Uh, so signing up for it is easy. Participating is easy. Uh, it's sponsored by the Boys Initiative. And um, so if folks go to helpingboysthrive.org slash Boys Initiative, then there's the website, helpingboysthrive.org slash Boys Initiative. And and Marion uh, is also one of the speakers, and he's the founder of Man Cave, uh, which is men need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. Uh, and it's a fatherhood program, so it's perfect, uh, again, for today's talk with, with uh, Dr. Farrell. Uh, fatherhood program out of Phoenix that's spread nationally, uh, nurturing fathers program. So if you go to wonderofparenting.com, you'll see the links to PDFs and all the stuff related there, and you can get a hold of Marion and that team wonderofparenting.com. Excellent. So last week uh, we had Warren on. He was talking about his book, The Boy Crisis, and gave us some good background on on, uh, what the boy crisis is doing to our boys and our girls. We started talking a little bit about uh, what we as parents can do uh, to help our boys thrive. And uh, Warren's going to pick up a bit more on uh, dads and their relationship to sons. But we asked the question last week, that was sort of our cliffhanger. One of the things Warren talked about was building empathy in our boys. And I know a big theme for him and for Michael is building purpose, or as Michael likes to call it, sacred purpose in boys. So Michael, give us uh, just a little bit for you what sacred purpose means for boys. Then we'll toss that over to Warren. He can talk a bit about purpose, and then we'll uh, chat a bit about dads and their role along with moms in raising boys. Yeah. Yeah. Back um, probably about what, 13, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I wrote a book called The Purpose of Boys. So the whole book was on purpose development and and analyzing purpose development in males, analyzing role development, identity development, analyzing what is purpose and can males really flourish and can a society flourish if males don't have a purpose? And uh, of course, you know, obviously I came up with the same thing you and Warren have come up with, which is that males need a purpose and boys need a purpose and men need a purpose. So purpose to me is what is a man? A man is a loving, wise and successful male adult. So every male is going to become an adult, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a man. And purpose is directly related for me to becoming loving, wise and successful and those are the three tentacles of purpose or sacred purpose um, or husbandry. In The Wonder of Boys, I, I provided that as a term for male purpose, husbandry, in its broadest sense. So it's going to be loving, wise, and successful. And um, those three plong- prongs we're going to be developing in boys all the way along, right? From very, very early on, we're going to develop those. Moms develop them, dads develop them, mentors, teachers, everyone who has contact with these boys are going to be developing these. And because the male brain works so much from gray matter activity and centers its development as a brain and its action as a brain in gray matter areas, 
we need to link what we're doing with specific areas of the brain that uh, that make uh, that connect with what the male brain is doing. So he's it's one of the reasons I think that all tribal societies and previous societies spent so much time developing purpose in males because they didn't have brain research, but they knew there was some big difference between the way males and females operated, and that females had an internal purpose that that uh, whether they chose to use it or not, which was biological. Once they started menstruating, they could have children. It's an internal biological purpose that then flashes through the brain. So they're constantly, the brains are constantly getting hit with frontal lobe activity for loving, wise, and successful. And um, males are not. So uh, we don't menstruate. We don't have anything like that. So we have to have our society give us and help us find purpose. And, um, and then and, you know, and so I'll, I'll end there. I, uh, that was the yeah. purpose of boys. And I think Warren's going to talk about the purpose of boys. Yeah. Cause so Warren, that's, that's that was, what I was talking about. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Cause I, I, what was fascinating to me was just to read it in your book. And then, uh, that was echoed in the research that, uh, Warren, you had done yes. that purposelessness or the need for purpose is one of the ingredients that's led to the boy crisis. What was it that you've discovered? First of all, very much reinforce what Michael is saying, and Margaret Mead also reinforced that when she mm -hmm. studied, you know, oh, yeah. um, African societies and other societies, and said, you know, um, what I'm seeing all over is that females have exactly what you said, Michael, this natural purpose, this biological purpose, they, available to every female as the possibility of raising children. Um, and But men have to have a socially approved purpose. And you see this in wars. You see this how you know, the Vikings, for example, you know they inspired their people to have purpose of fighting in the, in the wars. But then once they won the wars against England, many of the, the male Vikings, who were the, often considered the most most vicious fighters in the history of humankind uh, often became fathers that were loving and caring and married the women, English women that they had met in the process of killing other people. Um, and so and and so the enormous variation of purpose when we are at war, uh, we almost always call upon, you know, every generation has had its war. And historically, there have been two major purposes for men. Uh, one is to be willing to be disposable in that nation's, uh, that generation's war. Um, some version of Uncle Sam needs you. And when boys and men are told that they're needed by Uncle Sam and by women, uh, they will drop what they are doing, uh, drop their distractions, drop their purposelessness, and they'll uh, they'll go and be willing to risk their lives or be disposable in exchange for fulfilling the need that somebody else says that they have for them, even if that need means they're dying. We see this in the Ukraine now. Um, you know, the Ukraine uh, says that every male between the ages of 18 and 60 must stay in the Ukraine and in some ways contribute uh, to the effort. That is not being asked of anybody but males between the ages of 18 and 60. And and so uh, males had this purpose um, for, for many, many years and many generations, or if they didn't have to be willing to be disposable in war, uh, they had to be willing to be disposable in the workplace. Almost all the hazardous jobs are handled by males. Um, in, in, um, in Japan, uh, they have a game called Kuroshi. Kuroshi in Japanese means death at the desk or death from overwork. And the Japanese have a, the Japanese millennials play this game in which each person has a Kuroshi object. And the Kuroshi object 
um, at, to the degree that they win, they uh, they climb the ladder, the, like the corporate ladder, the religious hierarchical, hierarchical ladder, or whatever um, ladder of business um, that they want to go to, religious, etc. Um, and and then the per- the Karoshi figure that gets to the top of the ladder first commits suicide. Hmm. Why? Not in real life, but in the game. Now. Right. What, fortunately, um, what the, um, and what's the purpose of him committing suicide? It's the Japanese millennials understanding implicitly that men who were the winners were really trained to be not human beings, but human doings. Mm-hmm. So therefore they were crossing themselves out. They were committing suicide as human beings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. And so that is the really fundamental understanding of what, you know, what's been happening. As, as, uh, so for historically, there were two basic purposes for males. Um, be disposable in war, be disposable in work in that Kiroshi type of way. Um, and and now we need fewer males to be disposable in war, and we need fewer males to be disposable at work because women are taking much more of the responsibility for handling much of the income. So suddenly there's a purpose void among men. The two things that we were valued for, we right. aren't so much exclusively needed for. But this is also creating enormous opportunity for us. And the opportunity is that both parents now, for the first time in human history, and only in developed societies where there's enough mastery of survival that we don't need to worry about um, dividing roles and having women raise children and men raising money, um, are we free to be able to say to our daughters and our sons, you know, what are your special talents? What are your special interests? This is a freedom we've never had before. But when instead of um, in, when a child is 
born and the and the mother is so um is taking care of the child alone and she's so trying to figure out ways of working at work and um and taking care of the children she uh, she can't put the time into sort of helping the boy develop this type of special talent and there's no male around to work with her to um to, to say you know it's it's great that you have this talent sweetie um you know whether your daughter or son that you're talking to um but this talent, if you want to be an Olympic gymnast, this takes more than a dream. This takes discipline. This takes forfeiting parties, um, video game, the next video game that comes out, being on, on social media all the time. Uh, you've got to do this, and I'm going to support you to do this if you're going to really do it. But if you're going to just uh, want me to support you to do it and not really follow through uh, with it on your end, I'm going to drop um, my our support of you. And mom will often go, well, wait a minute, that's not very nice. You, you need to support them to go to you know the party. It's really helpful to have that balanced life to go to a, their friends' parties. Absolutely, it is. Um, but if you want to be the top in any field, in a creative field, you're not going to have a balanced life. So that's a trade-off you have to make, and we have to think that through. Um, mm -hmm. What are your skills? So th there's so many considerations and nuances of what is right and wrong in the parenting of a child um, to either fulfill, um, you know, to to do fulfilling work, fulfilling work almost always pays less that's why we call it starving artists starving writers um you know um act, you know, starving act, pastors starving pastors oh yes absolutely yep. and and you know and most um you know actors in los angeles have the exact yep. same the exact same name waiter um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it um so these things are um so the more fulfilling your work is the less the more people want to do that fulfilling work therefore the more the the demand uh, this the supply is and the um, in relation to the demand and therefore the work of fulfilling work can pay a lot less uh, than uh, than less fulfilling work and so these are all the the nuances that are now emerging for boys as well as girls um, um, but it's it's even more powerful for girls because a girl that um, becomes an artist, there's lots of guys, if she's reasonably attractive, there's lots of guys that are willing to support her. Um, a boy that becomes an artist, musician, but is not getting his act together, doesn't look like he'll ever really be sort of a business person. Uh, there are fewer women that are saying, uh, say, I just love the fact that you're such a sweet man and an artist um, and you're very good with children. Why don't you take care of the children full time and I'll support you economic, I'll support the family economically. And that's one of the, so we have so many new considerations to make mm -hmm. this, this evolutionary shift. And one is working with our daughters in school to say, if you want to be a have-it-all woman, you can be a have-it-all woman in exactly the same way that men are have-it-all men. Men who are have-it-all men, they they have a woman at home that they're usually supporting economically um, while the woman is taking care of the children. And if you want to be a um, have-it-all woman, uh, you can focus on your career and you can be happily married as long um, as, long as you're okay uh, with being the, the primary breadwinner in the family. and But the most important consideration is that you have to respect, know inside of your gut that you would respect a man who's fully involved with the children. Uh, because yeah. if, you, if you don't respect him, the marriage will fall apart. Women cannot love men they don't respect. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm, I'm glad to hear 
uh, I'm guessing there are a lot of parents out there thinking, well, I don't want my boy to be disposable, nor do I want him to go off to war. So it's good to know that there are other ways to build meaningful purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Michael, you've outlined that for us. Uh, beautifully. Uh, we, we do want to talk a little bit. We, we talked off air uh, before we connected for this podcast. Uh, we, we do want to say a, a few things to those moms who are uh, heroically raising boys, let, we're going to keep it on boys, without dad around. And uh, Warren in the last podcast talked about how important it is to have dad around. Michael, you have as well. Um, so we'll start with you, Michael. What are some things uh, from your perspective that moms can do uh, to make sure that boys have good male mentors in their lives? Uh, well, the uh, churches are are often helpful. Um, we're going to assume the dad is, maybe he's incarcerated or he's passed away or is completely, is completely gone. Yeah, so, just checked out. Yep. You know, he's checked out. I mean, obviously, we want moms, as Warren was saying, saying last week, we want moms and dads to work together as much as possible after divorce shared custody as much as possible to keep, you know, kids getting as much dad as mom, et cetera. But if he's not not around, um, then churches, faith communities are often a place to find men uh, to try to help her, especially as the boy is becoming sort of eight, nine, 10. In the very early years, there isn't the visceral, she doesn't yet feel the visceral need often for him to, uh, okay, dad's gone, but he needs a man right? When he's three or four, but she starts feeling, and I think should trust that visceral need for him when he's getting to be Mm. pre-adolescent. And so then seeking out the church community or the synagogue or anything, anything else, the school system, big brothers, big sisters, anything to try to use the institutional um, system to help provide these guys. Um, If she has access to extended family, uh, even non-blood extended family, you know, um, if, if she's got access to grandparents and aunts and uncles, et cetera, then those guys can help mentor. If she has no access to them, then um, non-blood like coaches who who she'll talk to and ask them to bond with the boy as if they were his uncle, you know, as if they were family. Because that's really, when we talk about male role models what, uh, for boys who don't have dads, we're talking not a necessarily about someone who has 50 kids he's trying to mentor because that's not mentoring that's teaching he has he's mentoring my child so um and maybe three others but not 50 so talking to that guy and saying you know you're in the interest area you're in the island of competence my son has he has no dad you know to what extent he likes you so to what extent could you become a mentor not just a teacher is that possible how do we facilitate that and she may have to have a number of those conversations because a lot of the guys will turn her down, right? Because they're really busy and they have their own families. But but it's it's a good conversation. And then uh, really linking the third thing I'll say is linking the boy up with his friends and seeing if they have dads or male mentors. And then the guy can get mentored through his friend and that friend's mentoring system. So he's getting access to guys, uh, elder men, because right because his best friend has those elder men that he doesn't have Mm -hmm. but the best friend has them and this will segue well i'm sure for warren to talk about um you know he hinted at in the last podcast what we talk about is maternal and paternal nurturance the paternal nurturance can come through male mentors um paternal nurturance from the father is still you know all research shows best if possible but if not possible and even to augment the dad 
we still need these male mentors. And especially as the guy is moving through to 13, 14, 15, and he's moving into, you know, peak of puberty. And then more than just dad is good for him. Obviously, mom's always good for him, but more than just dad is good for him. So mom would still try to help find these male mentors uh, through the friends, through the extended family, through coaching, through the school, and through faith communities and other institutions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Warren, let me let me uh, tweak this question just a little bit. Uh, we probably all know moms, great moms, who were in bad marriages. They got out for the sake of themselves, their kids. Mm-hmm. Dad is still in the periphery, and he's not a good influence. Mm-hmm. How do these moms navigate getting good, healthy male mentors into the lives of their boys while also having to navigate what could be some really negative influence from from biological dad? Yes. First, there's few people that work harder than than single mothers. And right. oftentimes the single mothers right. are really overwhelmed. Um, and they really and 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 we as a society need to be putting out the messages as they're finally now doing in Florida through a Florida um, uh, through a fatherhood crisis bill saying that we're going to devote $75 million to teach men how to, to inspire men to be more involved with the family as fathers. Wow. And so without that type of legislation, what biological moms need to know is that you deserve somebody to share the responsibility for you. So you're not feeling like I'm, you're not doing the work that you need to do in the workplace. You're, you're not, you're not being fully involved in the way that you want to there. You're not doing a good enough job at work. You're not doing a good enough job at home. What a frustrating experience and what a terrible place for moms to be in. Um, Second, it's really important for us to um, be able to say to every, everyone now that there's a difference that, mentors at every level, every level that uh, Michael just mentioned is so important, including um, getting your children involved in what I call the liberal arts of sports, uh, which I mean organized team sports. I mean Mm -hmm. pick up team sports. Pick up team sports have enormous value for preparing a child to be a creative entrepreneurial type. Mm -hmm. And then also um, sports that require largely individual discipline, such as tennis or gymnastics, where you are part of a team, but your individual discipline is the most important thing and that requires a lot of postponed gratification and so on and so all those so not only work have encourage you encourage or require your child um, particularly your boy child to be involved with all the liberal arts of the sports but then um, go to the games wa- uh, watch the for the coaches that youth feel will be good role potential role models mm. Approach the coach, talk to the coach about the fact that your father, that your son does not have a, a, a father, that you see that coach as being um, a special person and with important influence in the child's life. Asking that coach to take your son aside just once in a while and talk to him about two things. One is what's special about him and two, what could be more special about him. Huh. And um, so the child has both of those things happening at the same time. In the faith-based communities that Michael was mentioning, um, work on spotting pastors, ministers, uh, rabbis, um, do, um, or umams um, that are really uh, caring and loving, and then talk with them if they're not already doing this about getting um, groups of boys your son's age to have confidential once a month conversations with other boys um, in which they talk about 
the type of thing that Ashanti Branch has uh, introduced, uh, what's behind their mask. All boys are so fearful of the, of not being seen as being strong uh, mm. that they put on masks. and But they all also have this enormous vulnerability underneath these masks. And until they realize that every boy has these same vulnerabilities, do they not become secure enough to realize that um, th that we that we they need to be sharing those vulnerabilities and at the same time um, having a balanced view of themselves. So there's so many things like this. Cub Scouts have the best data on if you keep if you have your son involved in Cub Scouts for two years or longer, and he's consistently attending. There's an enormous increase in what every parent wants for his or her child, which is character development, positive character development. Boy Scouts have done a great job of deconstructing masculinity, giving merit badges for achievements. But each merit badge your child chooses is a merit badge often associated with somebody who's a, a male mentor to help you get through and achieve that merit badge. Encourage your child not only to get those merit badges, but also to connect with the male mentor um, who will help your child in the process of doing so. And, uh, and, the, and the reason I said it deconstructs masculinity so well is because for because it allows the boy to sort of aggregate. I now I, you know I, I now have more than one merit badge. I can now be a star scout. I can work my way toward eagle, etc. Life and then eagle. Um, and so those are things. But the most important message I can share with you, actually two most important messages, is if there must be a divorce, the children who do best after divorce have four things happening. One is an equal amount of, of, of involvement of both the mother and dad. The mm -hmm. closer to equal it becomes, the better the child does. Number two, that the father and mother live within about 20 minutes drive time from each other mm. so that the child doesn't have to resent the parent that lives far away because they're they're not able to attend their soccer game or they're not able to attend their um, best friend's birthday party or whatever. Num number three, that the child is not able to detect bad-mouthing from mother to father or father to mother. Bad-mouthing, when a child looks in the mirror the child sees half the genes of the father and half the genes of the mother. They see the eye contact, the, the, the hair, the body language. The older they get, the more they, they spot those things. And if they feel like their father is being told, they're being told that their father is irresponsible, a narcissist, a liar, uh, they begin to find the narcissist, liar, and irresponsible person inside of themselves, but they have nobody to talk to about it. Nobody, to, they can't talk to mom because they don't want to get mom and dad into a big fight. They can't talk to dad for the same reason. They are afraid of um, greater insecurity. So they start fearing inside of themselves that they are the, the negative person that 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 parent um, is being put down at number four um, that must do's after divorce is that the that the that the mother and father both be involved in consistent communication counseling or relationship counseling the word consistent is important when you only go to um, emergency relationship counseling what ends up happening is that the father and mother in that emergency, have a short period of time to try to to get their bottom line to win. 
and they never see the best intent of the other parent. The, 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 the job of relationship counseling that works uh, for, for, chi- for children's benefit in the long run is where both parents can see that the best intent of that roughhousing, like I talked about last um, um, podcast, uh, was not to just harm the children or get them, get them hurt, but the mother understands the best intent of the father. The father understands the best intent of why the mother didn't want that child to climb too high in the tree. Um, mm-hmm. And she wasn't just being overprotective. And what are the checks and balance parenting modalities that I can employ to give the ch- child the best of both worlds? Um, so, the, and the second thing that is so important is remember I said in the last podcast that men who are told they are needed will die to be to fulfill being needed right find out the differences between dad style parenting and mom style parenting that is discussed in the boy crisis book and let the biological dad know that he his type of parenting is needed in a way that you didn't understand before Mm. that what you felt was irresponsible you now see at a certain um, a certain amount of teasing, a certain amount of risk taking, a certain amount of roughhousing, those are things that are very good for the child, but that the two of you are needed to talk about how much is good and how much is not good. You need him back in the picture. Many men who uh, have gotten drunk or who are on drugs, when they're told they're needed, they substitute purpose for the drug, the drugs, and the drinking. Right, and, and so they'll they'll come back and be involved, but they need to know that they're needed by you. So don't underestimate that possibility. Good, good stuff, um, Warren. We so appreciate you. For me to sit in the presence of these two titans of uh, boy advocates has been great. Uh, these last two podcasts, and uh, I'm, of course, I'm a huge fan of both of you. So uh, on behalf of our audience, thank you both for uh, these last two podcasts, and Warren, especially, thank you for your time with us. Uh, Michael, anything you want to say to wrap up? No, no, beautiful. Just thank you, Warren, and um, and thanks to our audience, and thanks, Tim, for you make all of this happen. We are We are three advocates Tim is always very sweet, you know, toward others, but I always, you know, I always want to say to Tim, author of Searching for Tom Sawyer, Tim is is brilliant in this realm as well. And he makes all this stuff happen. He facilitates it all. So I want to thank you also, Tim. So thank yep. you, Warren. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everyone. Michael, thank you, everyone. Thanks. thanks. For your enormous contribution to the world, Michael, both intellectually and and pragmatically. And Tim, you're a great interviewer. You ask good questions and listen really carefully. He does. Thanks. Thanks. Well, it's good to have you. Thanks thank so you. much. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.